Hey Rockstar, welcome. This is a storytelling platform designed to empower you to build yourself up physically, spiritually, mentally, socially, and financially. Why stories? Because stories live on. They are eternal. They are a powerful reminder of what one can accomplish when opportunity presents itself. So listen carefully, learn the lessons, apply them to the big five, and become the rock star of your industry. And we're live. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Hey Rockstar. I am Josafari Emiliano, coming to you all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, and today... Today, 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 I'm so excited because I have the one, the only, Diego Braun. What's up, <laughs> man, Diego? What's up, he man? He is. Okay, wait. Normally, I give everyone an like, introduction. And Diego, man, when I first met him, he was just a starving musician, just got here finding whatever place he could to stay warm. But he started going out there. He started networking. He was just his loving, friendly self. And today he's become a man, a man who has done music, created music, has written songs, has started his own production uh, with now he's involved in film, music videos and other things video related. Diego, welcome to Hey Rockstar, my man. Dude, thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> I, I jokingly tell everyone that Diego's one of the first brown people i got to meet when i first met here in nashville and he introduced me to the other other brown people the other spanish speakers in our network and um, a lot of them are still good friends of mine to this day thank you thanks to you my man and we've just had many great adventures now diego uh, it's, it's, it's not gonna be my i mean it is my show and i can talk about myself all day long but for those of you or for those who do not know who you are would you just mind just sharing a little bit about your story and your adventure yeah, man. Um, so I've been living in Nashville for about six years and I, I'm from Missouri. And so when I graduated high school, I was trying to decide if I should go to college or, if, or what I should do with my life, really. And I had actually applied to go to a college, uh, JRLC, which is James River Leadership College. Mm. And I was going to be a youth pastor. Um, I know. And last minute, um, a family friend of ours decided that they were going to move to Nashville. And I had uh, gone to a festival there in Missouri and I met uh, a guy named Nathan Johnson. Oh, um, yeah. Do you know Nathan Johnson? I know Nate Johnson. Okay. So yeah, uh, Nathan Johnson was uh, playing with an artist at a festival and he had, uh, I had kind of told him a little bit of my dreams and he said, you should really move to Nashville. Like, I, I think that your dreams could come true in Nashville. So that's what kind of got me thinking about Nashville. And so when the family friend of ours uh, said they were moving to Nashville, it, it I just it, it just seemed like perfect. So I was able to move with them. And when I arrived in Nashville, I um, found the belonging company, the church. And that's kind of how I got plugged in. So I showed up uh, to the church and that's that's really where we met you and I. Um, and I met a bunch of other just uh, people, even to this day, that are still really good friends. Um, but so I got plugged in there and I started serving, um, probably served for like a couple of years, just anything and everything. I was just so, um, inspired to learn and, um, just to meet people and coming from that small town in Missouri, it was like, everybody was just super cool here in Nashville and they were all just doing great things. Um, but so I, I got plugged in and basically fell in love with cameras and fell in love with production fell in love with like just just all the behind the scenes stuff um there at the church and obviously like my goal when i moved to nashville was i wanted to be in the music industry some like in some way or another i wanted to either uh write and produce or i wanted to tour um i just was so like interested in it and i think so what had happened was i basically back in missouri i like just randomly one day I told my mom, my mom, she had a, she had like paid for, for me to put it like a down payment, I guess, on this college and it was non-refundable. And so I had to go to her and tell her like, I think I want to move to Nashville. And she was like, <laughs> wow. 
I know my mom, she she's so funny. She was kind of like, what is, how do you even spell Nashville? What is Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, but now looking back on it, I mean, it was kind of crazy to think that I was just going to move to some random city um, with a family friend and just figure it out. You know, like there really was no guarantee of anything. You know, it was like, go and try to do something and hopefully you don't fall on your face and come home. But, um, and so I think that's probably what motivated, motivated me the most was there really is no going back. Like I was, Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to do something. I have to, um, get ahead, you know, like make something of my life. And, and, um, so that's really probably what motivated me, but yeah, man. So now, you know, fast forward now, I'm uh, I've toured for the past five or six years uh, full time with a bunch of different artists and on different tours and uh, do a lot of music videos now. So I do photo video and really just help artists create their 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 brand like, uh, you know, just visually like the content that they're putting out. You know, the fact that now I'm able to work with record labels and artists that I used to look up to um, (laughs) or I still do. You know, I is just mind blowing. Like I'm still so amazed at what God has done in my life. It's it really, I, I, in in this, in this episode, I really want to emphasize that. Yes, I worked hard and yes, I like did my best and I was motivated and driven, but I genuinely would, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God opening those doors. Cause no matter how hard I worked or could have worked, I couldn't have done this on my own for real. I know it sounds cliche, but that really is true. No, no, that's important to realize who you are and and whose you are, because uh, that's where I mean, one of the main things that I like to push with everyone and, and, and encourage everyone is to recognize their identity. And when your identity is solid, then depending whatever comes your way, you can stand firm in, in on your ground, on your faith, on your on your on your beliefs. And uh, identity is like the concrete or the foundation for for your your, your beliefs. Uh, but and so so yes no of course right. we all we all know whose we are, and 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 who we give credit to, but let's 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 start back a little bit. Uh, when you first got here, what was one of the first creative ventures that the opportunities that, that happened to just open up for you? Oh, first of all, before we go that to that route to that question, do you remember roughly how old you are when you first moved to Nashville? You know, I oh, think I was. I want to say yeah, you were nineteen. Yeah, I think I had just turned 19. Yeah. And, and that always blew my mind because, like, whenever I was out there doing writer's rounds and meeting new people who had just moved here, not just you, others, that was around the age where they're like, they decided to come to Nashville at 19. I was meeting a lot of 19 year olds just doing the music, going to the scenes and playing the 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 open open mic nights and, and trying out their wings. And those who stuck around now, many years later, are still here. Those who couldn't cut, cut it, I haven't heard from them anymore. I'm thankfully you're still here. So <laughs> let's 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 look at the opportunities that were first presented to you, if you don't mind sharing. What was one of the first things that you like just someone can't kind of come up to you like, hey man, I have this. Would would you be interested in helping me out with this? And and and, and that was like one way to start stretching your creative venture. Man, I think I mean, I learned so much like whenever I was really really serving at church for like honestly like when i think i took about like i said a year and a half of just any any time that they the church doors were open i was there just doing anything if if i was just if if i wasn't serving i was like asking questions and trying to Mm. trying to learn but i think man i learned a lot there and i think um the people there like the leadership and 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 even the people you know, that were over the teams, the serving teams, the camera team, all that. The fact that they would trust me a little bit more each week to kind of have a little more responsibility and uh, that they were just patient with me on like all the crazy questions I had. Um, That was kind of like the beginning of me kind of owning, you know, a little bit more responsibility in the church. And um, what had happened was um, when when I think about it is I was sort of helping out at the studio um which uh 
one of our friends, Edwin's, Edwin's studio. Mm, yeah. Um, I was over there hanging out, really just, again, asking questions, just fly on the wall. And there was an artist that came in and uh, they were having a session. And somebody that was with that artist, uh, as they were leaving, I never really wanted to be this guy, but I, I had mentioned to him, I was like, hey, I really want to get into touring. And so if there's any, ever an opportunity, you know, for me to, 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 to be an asset on any tour, like I would love to, to do that. Like, you know, it's so funny. Cause like looking back on it, I wanted to be on tour so bad that like, yeah. I even thought to myself, I was like, I think I'd do it for free. I would just go out there. Just, <laughs> I'm like, I want to do it so bad that I would just do it for free. And, and uh, just, it reminds me, uh, I have to remind myself constantly today of like, Man, I, I, again, like I, I just, I loved it so much um, that I was willing to do it for free. And so even today, I, like I said, I have to remind myself to think like, wow, I have to, I have to remember why I loved this, why I fell in love with this, you know, because there are times when, you know, you're on a tour and it's show 35 and you're exhausted and you're like, I just wish I could be home just to, be home and feel normal and hang out with my friends, you know, all that, go, go to church, you know, but, um, but anyway, so no, but what's crazy is he had called me up. I think he had said like, Oh yeah, man, for sure. But you know, everybody in Nashville is just yeah. kind of like, yeah, sure, sure. Um, it's called being Nashville for those of yeah. you who don't know. <laughs> and I was like, okay, sure. And what's crazy is I think he had called me the next day, texted me the next day and said, Hey man, would you be, would you be down to go on a tour? And I was like, Ab absolutely. And he was like, we're leaving tonight, though. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I was like, immediately, I was like, I have a million questions. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. You know, like, how do you even find where the bus is or get <laughs> yeah. on the bus? You know, like all these things. And so I, I was just I remember that. I remember that that day and night very well, just being just so like, I can't believe this is happening. And so meeting up at the bus and, and, and really being thrown in the deep end because I was actually kind of, I would say now looking back on it, I was stage managing a tour on my first tour. I mean, it wow. was, it was, it was a church tour, but it was still, it was a lot of pressure and looking back on it, I, I had no idea what I was doing, but that was the big, the, I would say that was my, my big like open door that was like, all right, give it your all. And you, you could, make or break it really because it's like i feel like in sometimes in the industry like you really got to make a good impression at first and yeah. you got to really work yeah. hard so that you get people call you back really okay so once you you got this first tour the first gig you got a taste for it uh one thing that i i also also tend to talk to other people about is a thing called imposter syndrome mm. uh, have you heard of that term before i didn't hear that term till like maybe just a few years go whenever I start getting more more into my niche especially as a speaker where you show up and also you start feeling like why am I here like why why did they pick me of all people I mean they're gonna figure me out that I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a poser for some reason but um did have you ever did you ever feel that this first time or even still sometimes you feel like uh you got the wrong guy but let's let's let's, <laughs> let's figure it out let's wing it uh, have you ever had examples like that pop up in, in your journey? Man, honestly, absolutely. I mean, I think about that first tour and like you said, even to this day, like, but on that first tour, obviously, like I said, I had no idea what I was doing. So there were times when oh. I was like, man, I, I, I mean, I can't, I can't believe, like I was just mind blown that they would trust me to guide the show and, and, um, make sure that the mic is out and make sure that, you know, the cues and make sure that, you know, the artist isn't going to trip going out on stage. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just, it was like, wow, I can't believe that these artists and these managers and, you know, the people that put me on this tour trust me enough to do a good job. And so I think I was so, um, like I said, just so honored that they would do that, that I think I just, I was just so motivated to give it my all. Like there were days where it was, and to, even to this day, there still are. It's like, 16 hour days of you know you get up early and you load in and you by the time the show starts you're already exhausted and then you yeah. still have to do the whole show and you have to load out but no and and like you said like to this day i still get that sometimes when 
you know, again, when a record label uh, will email me or call me or something and say, hey, we, we want to do a video for this artist. And in my mind, I'm thinking like, wow, like I'm so honored that they would trust me because to, to, to help with their brand, like to help with how the entire world sees them, you yeah. know? When I make a music video for an artist, I'm like, wow, like they've put so much effort into their music and now they're calling me to make and create something together that they we can both be proud of. And that again, the whole world is going to see them this way. It's like that is a huge responsibility, a huge honor. Like, but but again, I think that motivates me to to give it my all and, and be creative as creative as I can be, you know, sweet. All right. Now I know where I'm going to go with this. Yeah. So we're in this industry now that you had your first tour as stage manager. Um, how long did you continue on as stage manager until or in that arena until other opportunities started opening up for you? So when did you make the leap to a uh, visual creative content or content creative kind of person? Yeah, um, I think I did. So that was my very first tour. Again, I was stage manager. And then I believe it was my maybe my third tour. Um, that same year, I was out with a band called Sidewalk Prophets, and oh yeah, those guys are cool. Yeah, man, and they're, they're good friends. I, I I haven't talked to them in a while, but but anytime we see each other, it's just like we pick back up where we were. But um, I was on on that tour, and I was on that one. I think I was helping with lighting. I wasn't stage managing as much, but I was just one of the crew guys. And and uh, one of the band members, the the keyboard player, had mentioned to me like, hey, I I need a photo for and he had said he's like i know you're not like a photographer or anything i just i have a camera and i need a photo for something either like an endorsement or something he's like but obviously i'm on stage playing so i can't take it you know i can't mm. take a picture of myself would you mind if i just turn the camera on set the settings would you mind you know taking a picture of me i was like sure for sure and i had like i said i was serving at the belonging so i kind of got my hands on a couple cameras but i still didn't know anything really i like when he handed me the camera, I was trying to figure out like, is this thing on or not? And like, where is exactly like, where do I hit the shutter and all that? But um, I took a, I took a couple pictures and I was like, this is actually really cool. And so I had <laughs> I like I feel like I fell in love with it in that moment. And I still had no idea what I was doing or again, none of the technical side of things. But I was really excited to 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 get creative. And, and as when I looked through the viewfinder, I was like. And it sounds cliche, but it really felt like I was looking into another world. It felt like mm -hmm. I was looking at life through a different perspective and that the way I looked at it in that moment, which I still try to remember that to this day whenever I'm shooting, is I really felt like I could somehow like stop time for a minute, like because like life moves so quick and the shows happen so fast and they're so repetitive that I felt like in each city, I, like when I took that shot of the guy, you know, playing keys, I felt like I just stopped time for a minute and I'm able to look at the, I can look at this photo in 20 years and remember how I felt then, you know? And so that's probably what made me fall in love with it. And so I had told him, I said, like, I'd love to keep shooting photos. And he was like, dude, for sure. Like shoot as many as you can and as many as you want. So that's kind of what started it after and, and, and that tour is where I fell in love. And so I was kind of doing both roles for a while, just <laughs> shooting photos for fun. But um, but yeah, you had mentioned earlier, too, like even before we started this, like I basically started offering these photos to all these, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the players and and they they really love them, obviously, because who doesn't want to look cool on stage? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think from there as they were posting them and as, you know, people started just sharing and, and seeing that I was doing more photo, that's kind of what started the snow, snowball effect of other mm -hmm. artists would be like, Oh, you're, you're the guy that's crew, but you do photos. Right. And I'm like, yes. And then eventually it was like, Hey, you do photos. And then eventually it was like, Oh, I didn't even know you were a crew. I thought you were just photos. It just <laughs> kind of, it kind of like was a, just like a gradual you know, natural progression of like a shift of like, oh yeah, you're Diego, like you're the photographer. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking like, I just picked up a camera like a year ago. Like I, I still have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, dude. No, that's, that's, that's some great stuff. Though. That's that you just dropped a lot of good gold there. But I love what you said about 
freezing time or it's your chance to to capture that moment because time moves so fast and to when you see that viewfinder and you get a chance to just like this moment happened this moment has been eternalized it's now something that can be recalled by whoever pulls us up and that's that's powerful man that's powerful to know that life happens but you have the power to capture moments yeah and and moments are very are, are just uh, moments are memorable but moments are, are very uh powerful in feeding us whenever we need a reminder uh one thing that i like to tell everyone is because i just upgraded to a fuji film but my old camera was the same camera you used when you first took off uh before yeah. you bought your 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 uh your well i'm sure you've already upgraded many many more times since then but uh uh, because I've always, I was talking to Jeremy. He's a photographer last week, uh, who who specializes. As well, he he specializes in headshots. But I met him at Salt with a, with with um, with that crew, and he was just capturing some phenomenal uh, uh, stills throughout the whole event. And so, but we were just talking about it. Really, doesn't matter about the camera if if you have developed the, the right eye or you've developed your style, you develop what you like to capture, because even like a toy camera. That's actually nostalgic, and people are actually now looking for that look. Right, uh, but, but you have the eye. You have, you have the the, the way to capture that image. Your vision that mm-hmm. you do things in, but um, but I, I I like to I like to say that to me I treat it as art, um, and 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 what I do with my with my Instagram is I capture moments. My random photo of the day, I capture a moment that my people and I we we witness that because to me. Um, art is can be eternal, but it also should be a moment that 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 is once it's gone, no one else can recall that moment. But you and I share that moment, and that's what I do with my Instagram photos on my stories when I put a, a picture of the day. I don't, uh, but anyway, anyway, I'm awesome. saying all that. Well, what were you, you, you going to say? Did you want no, to add so on to that? That's awesome. I I really love that perspective, man. And it really cool. forces me to keep training my eye, keep developing and seeing, or, or I see what everyone sees, and then I and then I ask myself. All right, so how can I see this differently? How can I see this in a way that someone else has interpreted before? Or or how can I add my signature to this with my 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 vision, the way I see things, which I think to this day that's what we all are as creative as creators, we are constantly just trying to put ourselves out in our work. Totally. All right, so you are now taking pictures, you're traveling, you're doing these things. When did you make the jump to to video and and cinematography and all that fun stuff? Man, although I, that's what I see. Falling back, you and I, we met. Well, I mean, we met before that, but we served together doing cameras. That's right. Yeah, the belonging. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, so belonging. I kind of got cameras. my hands right. <laughs> I got my hands on a few a few cameras because, but again, we, they were just on tripods, and you know, the director's calling shots, and you're sort of you know just panning and stuff, but. But I was able to kind of like understand, you know, video cameras over, you know, photography. But um, what had happened was I was on a tour um, with a good friend of ours, Danny Goki, right? And he, um, and he had seen some of my photos and he was like, yeah, you know, like, can you take some photos? And I was also stage managing. So it was kind of like stage managing and I occasionally would go out and take some photos, which was, uh, it was tough because it was like... Yeah. I'm trying to be creative, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, did I, did I plug in the mic for the guitarist, um, the guitarist, um, amp, you know, or did I change the batteries and the packs or whatever, you know? And so it was tough, but I had, um, I had told him, I was like, I want to get into video too. And so he, he was kind enough to, to kind of just like, let me play around with a bunch of different ideas that I had, you know, like I would, if his kids were out, I would take some videos of them or if if uh, he was, you know, he was just kind enough to backstage, we would try different things. And looking back on it again, like as I was learning, it was like take six of him walking down the hallway because <laughs> something happened, you know. But like I said, he was patient and kind. And 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 again, I have a lot of credit to give to Danny, too, because again, he took a chance on me and, and, um, but that's kind of what, where I started with video. And I remember, again, I also have a lot of credit to, uh, friends of mine because I would text a lot of different friends that I, that knew more than me. And I would ask them like, Hey, how do I even take a video 
from the camera to the computer and edit it. Like, what do I even edit with? Really? Like, yeah. And, okay. you know, like, so, you know, Sterling Graves, like um, he's a photographer. And he does, I think, some video, but he had told me, he's like, you, you got to get Premiere. And so <laughs> I got Premiere and I was like, this is this is like rocket science. I have I have zero clue how to even import the video, you know, but so again, that tour is where I started with video. Um, and then ever since then it became photo and video on the tours. And now it's, now it's a lot more video. Like I do probably 80% is video. 80% of it is video and video editing. And then 20% is random photo shoots and artists still want photos on tour, but videos just seems like social media is revolving around video and everybody wants video. So, Oh no, for, for uh, bet for that. Um, yeah, BTS is really starting to take off for me. Like yourself, I started off on doing production and other areas, but I have a camera with me. And when they're like, hey, we need pictures, so I will take it. And um, I'm trying to get into the part where I'm sharing stuff with, with like actors and people who can use stills of themselves to promote themselves for Instagram. Because that's, that's, that's what everyone wants now. They want something that they can put on their social media. And they, they don't want the raws that they have to edit. They want it ready made so right that's why i like my fuji film because they they the the p the uh, jpegs are ready to go um especially if you've done the work ahead of time to get the eye and, and shoot it but mm-hmm. and so i guess it's, it's interesting that that you need to learn your 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 audience or if you would i, I don't want to say they're your clients because i'm not sure if, that, if you had that game plan if you had that that strategy if that was your party strategy like you know what i am gonna i'm gonna take all these pictures of all these key people and then i'm gonna put them in a group and say hey by the way here's link and um be sure you tag me i'm not sure if that was your intention if it is sorry if i let the cat out of the bag but were there any surprises or were there anything that you ever did that kind of was a happy surprise for you that people like hey you did this and i like this um you should keep doing something like that did you ever learn a new or learn that you were naturally good at something that you never thought you would be naturally good at? Man. I mean, honestly, again, like I don't, I don't want to say that I'm just great at, at video editing or, or directing or whatever, but something that I've grown to love that I really want to, again, do until the day I die probably is, is like, I love meeting with an artist mm. and hearing what, like what they're trying to achieve, um, what they're trying, uh, who their audience is and what, um, who they're trying to reach. And I guess what they want to be portrayed as. And then from there, like creating a treatment and, and again, like all the, all of the logistics of, of where are we going to shoot and how are we going to do it and, and the crew and, and how long is it going to take? And, like just the whole process of that, I, I never thought I was a very organized person because I, again, like when I was in school, I mean, honestly, I hated school. Um, <laughs> I remember a teacher had, I don't know what had happened. I think I was just super focused on music and I was like writing. And so sometimes I, I wouldn't go to class because I was writing something in my car or doing something. Um, cool. And um, like I would be, I'd probably skip sometimes like, you know, um, a plus class or whatever it was called, um, to like restring my guitar. Cause I was playing at the coffee shop that night. So it was like, I need to practice for tonight. Um, but anyway, so a teacher of, of mine sat me down and he was like, what do you want to do with your life? And I was like, I, I know I don't want to, I don't, I know I don't want to like just have the normal nine to five job. And, and he was like, that's not realistic. You, you have to, you have to think, you, you, you can't like, what are you going to do here in this town? Basically, like, that's not going to be that, you know, everybody has to do the nine to five job or whatever. And I was like, I think I want to do music somehow. And again, it, I don't necessarily blame him because, again, like I come from a small town, Bolivar, Missouri, like there nobody there is really like. I, I would I don't know if anyone there is really doing music full time. No one, you know, and, and it's just a, it's just like a different lifestyle there. So. I know it probably seems super unrealistic to think I want to tour or I want to work with artists and labels or whatever, you know, but, but all that to say is, is like, again, like I, I think 
ever since he said that I, I i had so much motivation to 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 basically just i guess prove my prove myself to to myself and and i guess part of it too was probably trying to prove myself to everybody back home that i was like i'm not going back because if i show up and i didn't do anything i'm like i'm going to be embarrassed so i need to i need to do something you know i feel that I yeah. feel that uh, when I go visit my family, because you know me and you know where I've come and the things I've accomplished. But some for some reason, I feel like I should have done so much more. And those times when I'm like, I don't want to go back to to, to my whole small town and people from my dad's church like uh, or go see them. They're like, well, what, what are you doing with yourself? What, what have you been up to kind of situation? Like, well, <laughs> I'm driving Lyft. I'm driving Uber. But, you know, I'm doing what I love kind of situation. Uh, Cause you kind of there's, there's there's that that little bit of a dang it, uh, and I even wrote a song, um, leaving to Nashville, where one of the key key phrases is, and I won't come back until I've made it big, you know, because mm-hmm. I can't come back to my small town until I made it big. But uh, but today though, after seeing where I've done and and things that I've become and how much I've matured, uh, I, I realize that I do have a life here. I do I realize that God has given me a, a unique or just a special plan that uh, and the people that have been able to impact in my own way. And so there's nothing to be ashamed about in that aspect. Um, but I'm still by far, I'm not done. There's still so much more creativity in me to come out and it's starting to grow and it's starting to like, mm. like, like spitfire or not spitfire. It's starting to just like, what's it called? Create momentum. And that's, that's, that's pretty, that's, that's exciting for me. And I, I mean, I'm seeing you, I mean, you, you are so far, you, you've come so far from the Diego that I got to meet that was dressed like a, uh, no, I'm not going to mention that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we had, we had another one. We had another one of our mutual friends uh, in the first season uh, who oh. also, when he toured uh, Jimmy Healy, when he toured, now he found a love for lights and that's what he does when he travels. He, he's, he, he works with lights and, and the artistry of creating lights. And it's, it's awesome how, how you both, <laughs> both of all of us were on the cameras one time. <laughs> You're right, man. And, That's uh, crazy. Oh man, and and I remember uh, I would I, sometimes I would be falling asleep during the message, and uh, they call me and my, I'm off and all I hear is Diego, orale, hey, pay attention. <laughs> like it's my bad. <laughs> I remember we, that we've come a long way from that, but I remember Jimmy's telling me like I don't like this. I don't like running cameras. I mean, I did it because they needed it, but. That's not what I'm passionate about. Like, all right. So he went after his thing. All right, Diego. Uh, one of the things that as a speaker that I like to promote or like to encourage my audience is to detach from failure. Because when you are trying to go for big things, failure is inevitable sometimes. And things do happen. Mm-hmm. Now, is there ever an occasion that you can recall and don't mind sharing where you kind of you tried something and didn't succeed? And if you wouldn't mind also share what helped you overcome the, the, the temptation to just stay there. Hmm. Man, that's, that's a good question, man. Like, I mean, there, there really are, I, I, I have not, like, I have made my fair share of mistakes. That's for sure. Um, you know, I think it's probably, I think when I moved to Nashville, I, had a different perspective of of just people and 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 how you i guess like make it you know yeah and i think i i was so driven and i and i wonder but i really think there's a fine line between being driven and motivated and also not overlooking people i guess so i think what the mistake that i think i made when i even when i first moved here was I may have I may have not taken the time to actually really look people in the eyes and actually get to know them for who they were and not be so focused. It's like it's like you want to be focused and driven, but then it's like you also need to realize that like people are people and and you yeah. you, you 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 also like can't just be trying to be friends with people because of what they can do for you because at the end of the day then you get And you have a bunch of professional friends, I guess, you know? Yeah. And so I think looking back on it, I I don't know that I necessarily enjoyed the journey of 
even getting to where I am today just because I was so driven. And, and I, mm. I get that from, um, like my mom and dad, they are, they're super driven. Like, uh, whenever we came to the United States, you know, they came over here for a better life, you know, cause again, like in Mexico, we didn't have the best life. And so they, I think I get that from them because they've always taught me like no one is going to give you a handout. No one is going to, to, to do you a favor and worry about your success. Like you have to be the one to get ahead on your own. And, um, but like I said, I think I, I, looking back, the mistake I made was not really stopping to one, enjoy the journey and two, mm. actually just, get to know people as, as friends, you know, and not be thinking about like either what they can do for me or, or, or how I can help them or, you know, and, and th now here, like I said, now that I'm not like super focused on like, I have to, I have to make it or whatever, yeah. you know, now I'm able to, I guess just be friends with people because I want to be friends with them instead of, you know, feeling like, I, I they need something from me or I need something from them or you know whatever. Well, may I ask what changed in you that you now can can approach people without an agenda? I think, and and I I don't I don't necessarily know an exact moment, but I think, and I don't even know I don't even know I, I don't even know what my advice would be for somebody that 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 was the way that I used to be it's that because I feel like now that I feel like that I'm at a much better place mm. um you know I'm not necessarily trying to prove myself to to people back in in Bolivar anymore you know I'm I'm not really trying to yeah he gave away the town <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm not really trying to prove myself to anyone over there anymore and and um I think Honestly, I think another thing too is, is I, I, I got married. I, I found somebody that, that, that I love and, mm -hmm. and everything when I, when I, when I met this person and whenever, you know, we got engaged when I got married, it, it just, everything just changed. And I, it, I immediately started thinking, I'm like, man, I'm so focused on my career, my job, like opportunities that none of it really, really matters. Like, and, 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 and as you know, I've been married for two years, not too long, but as we think about like one day, even starting a family, I think about like, man, like I left that town cause I was so motivated on my career and, you know, my job opportunities that now I find myself, you know, longing to go spend more time there because at the end of the day, like no matter how cool the opportunity is, like none of these opportunities are going to, love me back or they're they're not going to 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 really be there for me like like my wife is or like my mom is mm -hmm. or you know whatever so i don't know yeah no i like that i like that you found out who is important to you right um you found like again it's all back to me it's all goes back to identity i know who mm -hmm. i am i know who i fight for i know who i'll die for so everyone else who isn't invested in me, who, who, who isn't uh, trying to help out or, or, or has bad intention for me, I, I don't have to give them the time of day. Um, I love them, but right. doesn't mean I have to. I, I've learned to set healthy boundaries. And so to me, I believe that's what's helped me. So when I approach people, I don't approach with an agenda because I take care of myself. I take care of, of the temple, of the home. And mm -hmm. so that I'm full. And, and, and so whenever I go to others, I'm not trying to find from them, but, but on, on the opposite, I'm like, how can I help you guys out? And usually right. it's in the giving where I realized where well, they come up, they'll, they'll eventually like, well, can you also help us with this? And like, yeah, I can help with that. And the need, once the need is met, I find satisfaction in that. And somehow I also find the, uh, the abundance to pay for bills and whatever, because it, it's just the whole giving give and it shall come back to you it's it's just it's a promise it's it's a law almost the, the law of sowing reaping but mm. it's it's important it's important that that you you know who's important to you the people that are important to you and what and those are the ones that matter those are the ones you force your energy and you give your energy to and regardless of what haters or whatever will say against you it doesn't really 
it shouldn't sway you as easily or shouldn't knock you down. Right. That's maturity, my man. And uh, mm. we've come a long way. We, we definitely have come a long way from wherever small town we came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, Diego, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you sharing these things. All right. So we, we hit on, on your creative venture. You, you're an entrepreneur. You are now a married man. Um, anything else that you'd like to just kind of want to share about or anything you want to ask about? Because this was supposed to be more of a conversation, but you have so much good stuff that I just kind of camped out on your story. No, man. Man, I, I just appreciate you having me on the show and stuff. And I, you know, like, it's really cool to see your journey, too, for real, because we know each other. We hang out, you know, outside of, you know, church or anything else, you know. So it, I really feel like, you know, you, you've grown so much, too. Um and honestly, man, like, I, I just have to say this, like, even I was talking to another friend of mine, ours, Evan, right? <laughs> and, and he was saying, he was like, you know what? He's like, I don't think I've ever seen Hosa not look on the bright side of things. You know, I've never <laughs> seen Hosa like not, you know, have a bad attitude or complain about something, you know? And that, dude, honestly, I think that's why so many people here in Nashville, like, I, I'll, I'll mention your name and they'll be like, I love Hosa. He's hilarious. I just, I invite him to everything because he's just <laughs> Hosa and he's, he's a light anywhere he goes. So it's just seriously, man, seriously, thank you just for being, being you. And I'm just glad to know you. Uh, I am. I do have, I have a comic relief <laughs> malfunction button in me that I have to find the, the humor, even in the, the worst of scenarios, mm. I can find the humor in it. Um, it just has maybe it's a defense mechanism, but it's just something. I've, I was I was the clown of my family, but I still remember. I'm not sure if it was you or it was Nate, one of our mutual friends. We were at a party, and and he's like, "I'm just here for the commentaries." The whole <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate it. No, I, I really do appreciate that. Um, that's taking a lot of work. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's taking a lot of self searching, and it's taking a lot of. I, I I practice uh, meditation, but also practice something called shadow working, where is where I pull it all out, and uh, I call it the demons. Although mm -hmm. technically we shouldn't, we don't have demons in us, but I call it the ugly things, the people, the people, the stuff that people try to hide from themselves or hide from others, suppress, uh, avoid um, encountering because it's just it's not pretty, it's not attractive. They're worried about what other people think, but I pull it out and I look at it. I observe it i study it i get to know it and then i i understand one thing i'm like for some reason this is this is a part of me god allowed this to be a part of me and it being a part of me though it's not pretty there's something to value from it there's something that i can grow from it there's something i can learn from it and it's something that can make me powerful because of this hmm. knowing that that i own it it does not own me i control it it, it does not control me and there's just something about that state of mind that I can easily go into into those moments where where um, hell is happening everywhere, and I can keep that cool, stoic mindset. But it's taken a lot of years of practice. Because when I was younger, yeah, I was easily over emotionally moved by a lot of things that that um, that, that, that it would I would I wouldn't really get never really got to tantrums. I even asked my mom as a, as a kid if I ever threw tantrums. She goes, "Not really. You never really were that kind of kid." Like, whew. Uh -huh. um, but, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I have had bad days, but I've also, because of the practice, I can sense it and I know how to pull myself out of the situation and say, okay, Jose, uh, why are you acting this way? Hmm. Is, is, is this benefiting you anything? Like, no. All right, cool. Then yeah, we're back in great. control. Yeah. And then we just jump back in and then we know how to direct it from there. It's just, it's, it's, I'm thankful for that. That definitely is a skill I've had to learn. Um, especially when I find myself in high stress, high stress moments in this industry, in when I'm directing, when I'm in leadership. Heck, I think I, I enjoy directing service better than being a camera operator. Because mm. being a camera operator, I was falling asleep. But being a director, I am. I, I like you, and, and I love the way you said this. In the viewfinder, you see a moment that you can capture forever, mm -hmm. or you can stop time. I love the way you said it. I tell everyone whenever I go to service, when I go to, to direct the service, I see through eight different eyes. I worship through eight different uh, uh, 
fields of use. So basically, great. I'm having eight different or nine, sometimes depending on how many cameras we have on, nine different worship sessions at the same time. And my job then is to figure out how I can tell the whole story in one, for, for one person. Well, I'm seeing eight, nine different ways simultaneously. But that's when I take, but I, I empower those around me. I give them permission to explore, to create. And then I just like, I say, I, I just let Holy Spirit help me guerrilla edit, live edit. The, the 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 worship service but it's it's it's, it's a whole because that can be a a overwhelming thing but i learned to get myself out of it out, out of me and just go for it and then have fun and worship and just it's 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 a it's fun i have more fun when i'm directing the live broadcast than when i'm just on one camera although i have fun with one camera too because i give creative shots other than that man I That's appreciate awesome, that. Man. All that just say thank you for the compliment, Diego. Man, <laughs> thank absolutely. you, Evan. If you're watching, <laughs> I, need, I told him that I need to bring him on this show pretty soon. Um, before we go, I need to. I want to pull up this guy. His name is um, this is Mark. He was on my show a few weeks ago for the Eclipse Eclipse Long Care. He has some good stories about mm. overcoming fear. Um, and he said, "Hey, rock stars!" And he's 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 one of the best play, bass players I have ever played because he can play reggae. Oh yeah, he can yeah. play reggae. Um, Diego is not that far from from being multi talented. He plays I know for sure guitar and piano, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm, I play guitar. I'm sure you can play piano. drums. Do you? <laughs> Man, I I really want to. Like I, I I don't own any drums, but I just the the more that I you know, the more that I listen to to music and, and, and honestly, man, the past five years have, if I could go back five years and, and see the music I was listening to, it's completely different than what I listen to today. Yeah. And so, yeah, man. And I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, like I said, my wife, Shelby, she, she, uh, her dad had, she was raised, you know, listening to Elton John and the Eagles oh. and Kenny Loggins and like just good music, James Taylor, um, and she showed me a lot of that stuff before I was listening to like, no offense, but like Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato and, you know, all, all the top 40 stuff, which is great, but I really feel like there's nothing like, you know, listening to George Benson or Steely Dan or whatever, you know, the Eagles, stuff mm. like that. So anyways, all I'd say is, is I'm, I actually have fallen in love with drums. I just need to sit down and, and learn, but I love it. That's the one instrument that I could not. I mean, unless it was, it was Norteño, <laughs> I couldn't play drums. I mean, I, my respect to those guys who can keep rhythm, like Austin. When I yeah. see him play, I'm like just blown away. Just how much oh. fun he has and how versatile he is, and it's just it's, it's so insane. Cool. But other than that, uh, well, we're gonna go in and start bringing this down. Um, I want to say thank you to to you, Diego, for being here, um, and I, I thank you for sharing the stories and your journey from being a boy who just showed up to Nashville with a with crazy dreams, and now a man who has completed many other things as a as a musician, as a a a, a creative content creative, as a manager. Man, that's leadership role right there. As a man who's now a husband who appreciates his wife, his family, a son. Uh, just, just, you just so much to you. There's so much depth into you. There's so much um, sustenance in your life, man. And you're mm. still, you're, you're still very young. There's so much more living. I can't wait to bring you back whenever you've, I don't know, won your first Grammy for something, or I don't know what, whatever we can, whatever we can win here. Let's go, oh man! <laughs> one more, one more shout out from from Eclipse Lawn Care. Great show. Just here editing and listening to y'all. I need this guy. If you ever get a chance to check out his Twitch streams or even on Facebook, sometimes he'll just start jamming to his bass player, Diego. Just he'll play some music and just pull out a bass and he just starts jamming awesome. out. Uh, or he'll he'll play some games. But uh, other than that, let me go and sh uh, let me go in and and um, start winding down the show. Um, any last comments that you just kind of want to throw out there? Man, I honestly, dude, who, whoever is listening to this, like, I really feel like, man, I, I if I could go back and tell myself something, and 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 here's the thing, if if I could have gone back, if I, if somebody would have told me this, I, I wouldn't have listened. So if like when I say this, I feel like. 
whoever's listening may not even listen, but it's <laughs> it's like it all works out. It 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 all like we we stress about so many things, and in the end, it's like it it all it all it all works out. And my mom always tells me, she says, if if it doesn't work out, it just wasn't meant to be. Like it sometimes again, if you're listening to this and you're wondering like. I just want to get a break or I just want to do big things or whatever. It's like, I really genuinely feel like God has you exactly where he wants you. Um, and just be, be in the moment, like be, mm-hmm. be yourself and, and, and find what even the creatives out there, it's like, find what makes you unique. Cause again, I, I probably spent a few, you know, years trying to mimic what somebody else was doing or, or comparing my life to somebody else. Cause again, you know, social media does that, but honestly, it's just be you be, be find what makes you unique and, and, and just honestly, just chill out. Like it's all going to work out. You know, that's pretty much it. I found myself these days saying, quit comparing your work to others. Mm. And then, and then I've, and then on the other, on the other extreme, someone tells me, Hey, I love what you did. And like, awesome. So I'm doing something good. It's it doesn't have to be like that person. It's me. Right. My totally. coming out. No, well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this has been episode 57 of Hey Rockstar. I called it Making It Happen, uh, featuring Diego Braun, the myth, the legend, the <laughs> friend, the first guy you need to meet when you come here to Nashville. And definitely not the last person. Meet him and his lovely uh, family or his wife um and you don't have any pets do you uh actually i don't but we just Uh-oh. uh put a deposit down on a dog and we're can't wait to meet your doggo let's go man <laughs> i might be uh, i gotta double check my landlord but i might be adopting a bearded dragon for my niece oh we'll yeah see. <laughs> we'll see about that but uh definitely it will be an addition to the hey rock star so um might as well go and bring it to the end all the way from nashville tennessee i'm posting fight emiliano there's miguel right there uh diego is let's see i can't find the camera all right diego's right there uh all the way from nashville tennessee we just want to say thank you for uh tuning in thank you for letting us into your homes thank you for letting us into your cars thank you for letting us into your hearts so until next time rockstar have much love and many blessings hey you made it to the end of the episode look at you accomplishing things (laughs) like the podcast and try catching us live next time for now the hey rockstar live stream is aired every thursday Hey Rockstar is affiliated with Low Budget Productions. Go to Facebook, like and follow LBP's page to learn more about the other amazing podcasts under their umbrella. The energetic rock background music is by Anwar Amar, also known as Music Today 80. Josafat Emiliano is a keynote speaker and mentor. To connect and invite him for your next event, go to his Instagram and direct message him at Josafat Emiliano. That is J-O-S-A-F-A-T-E-M-I-L-I-A-N-O. So take the big five and go live life as a rock star.